This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 139, The Nalu Collective Strategy Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. How about this? I got a crazy bit. Uh, welcome to Space Cats, Peace Turtles. I'm Hunter. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Welcome Whoa. to the show. What yeah, just doing? kind of a, well, what if, I had this crazy idea, <laughs> what if we pretended mm-hmm. that it was a real show about strategy board games uh-huh. and not a comedy show yes. with strategy board game parts? Yeah. That's an interesting you know what take I mean? on it, and I'm willing to go down this path, although I don't know how well it's going to work out for future episodes. Right. Have, so, but go ahead and, you know, now you say like, hello. Hello, Matt. I'm Matt Martins, your co-host of, of, of spa- the of, space. Of the Space Cats, Peace Turtles podcast. Of the Space Cats, the Peace Turtles podcast. The Space Cats and the Peace Turtles podcast. And I'm joined. The Space Cats, the Peace Turtles. And that's I'm, how I like it now. <laughs> <laughs> the Space Cats a and a Peace Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> The Space Cats and a Peace Turtle walk into a bar. This show <laughs> is real and legit. And uh, we are, let's kind of peel back the curtain a little Ooh, bit. Yeah. Um, we are recording a bunch of these in mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are already behind yeah. in general. But this is the first one. So this one you're hearing has kind of a live yeah. quality to it. If you this notice is like three weeks from now, that your episode has very lacking energy. <laughs> it's because of today. <laughs> it's because of right now, what you're listening right. to in this moment will impact your episode one month from today. Uh, mm-hmm. So don't, you know, forewarned that the eerie guide will just have such a weird <laughs> tone to the whole thing. It might, <laughs> it might, it might not. Who knows? We'll see. Um, also, it's, it's fun to just throw out there, but by the time you hear this, baby might be, might be here. Yeah. We're in... Well, this episode probably not. Honestly, probably not. Honestly, probably not. But like You're between not... this episode yeah. and the next one is when it's supposed to be. Baby time happen. Baby time happen. And, and then baby here, and then it's like countdown till baby plays Twilight Imperium, <laughs> and the circle is complete. I give her six months. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or I kick her out of the house is what I'm saying. Oh she sure. Gets six yeah, months that... to learn the game or. She's not invited to eat cereal. Right. Right. Well, she's kind of looked out in that way because she's got a great teacher. Me. Great. Should we uh well, should what? You were about to say something. Well, I was gonna say, do we do you want to talk about those psychic snakes? And also I, Hunter, can I say something? Ever, I was yeah. about to ask you the same question. Isn't that weird? Yeah, there was a second. I was about to write down the time code to be like, well, I, well, that was a little bit of a goof up. But now it's part of the magic uh, of our have of our ever, mental synergy in, well, the bits about, are done. Time to get on with the show. Have you ever thought about the boardroom where they were like pitching all the Twilight Imperium factions? Uh-huh. And they were like, one of them was like, they could, there could be like bugs, like in Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's love good. it, love it, Carl. Went, Keep going. Like, 
cats, Ooh, uh, but cats. they like trade that's like funny. sort of like the huts yeah. and stuff or like the spacing guild. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah cool, that's, cool. That's, that's good. Uh, and then there could be like regular people and then like someone in the corner mm-hmm. who was like wearing like all leather <laughs> and like like shades and and had, they, had an iguana on his on his forearm yeah, yeah on his forearm was like what about like sexy psychic space snakes yeah and then he hopped on his motorcycle and crashed through the <laughs> boardroom window later right. losers <laughs> uh, i've thought about that a lot yeah. how how much more out there the nalu is like basically from all the other factions yeah. Yeah. Um, not that psychic snakes are not a thing in fiction in general. Sure. There are definitely other examples of psychic snakes, which is also weird. Yeah. Uh, but I guess snakes have a hypnotize. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. They're, sure. There's like hypnotizing and stuff like that. Or but whatever. I don't know why the they also needed to be naked ladies. I don't. Yeah. That why one's are they also like? Track. There's a very sexualized energy with the Nalu. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying that they were designed by a pervert that wears <laughs> leather. And drives a motorcycle. I'm saying they were thought of by that guy. Yeah. (laughs) They weren't designed by them. Dane did a great job designing them in TI4, but the initial pitch. Yeah, and I'm not even saying that CTP is the one, is the pervert. I'm saying he met a pervert, (laughs) and that pervert was like, what if there was sexy space snakes that are psychic? (laughs) And then. And then ZTP was like freaked out at first, yeah. and then he kind of thought about it later, and he was like, "It's not a bad idea, right. actually. I can come up with so some more go. for them." Well, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about then what how they let's get away from him, let's get away from Leatherman, and yeah. let's talk about what actually what is what is good about the Nalu Collective, which is everything I else. <laughs> I just had a vision of some future uh, SCPT art uh-huh. where it's like the Nalu uh, snakes hanging out with this like motorcycle dude in black you, leather. Did you watch so the really Did you watch that. the Tiger King on Netflix? I did not watch okay. Tiger well, King. Well, regardless, I there's a guy. Out of it. Anyone who has watched it, what we are talking about is the guy that takes over the park after the main guy gets arrested. He just like all. It's okay, means. but it's it is literally a hundred percent what you are describing. Like okay, to a T. That's dope. It's there's Perfect. never been a better casting decision in the history Perfect. of time. So All right. and now <laughs> and now comedy over. <laughs> Take that out. <laughs> and now we do the we do two things on this show. Uh-huh. Okay. We say stupid stuff right. for somewhere between five minutes and twenty minutes, <laughs> depending on our mood. And then we give you that raw uncut strategy yes. like we know you love and we love you. And let's do it. Hunter, read me things from the Nalu Collective uh, <laughs> sheet from their from cold. their stuff. Just cold from their sheet, <laughs> as dryly um, as you can. Please, no comedy. We have we are past the comedy bit. I now yeah. need just information. Yeah. So let's do it like this. So they start with here are their starting units, um, and I don't love them. Yep. Actually, it's okay. It could be worse. It's a middle pack. Middle um, pack. They got one carrier, four Ooh. infantry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one cruiser, one destroyer, three fighters, one PDS. Um, they start with neural motivators and Sarween tools. Love so that's that. Super Hunter's Law, yep. which is great. They basically get maximum 
maximum value from the beginning without even having. So to what go you're after saying it. right now, Hunter, is that by design, the Nalu Collective are they, they are there to appease you. They have Hunter's Law embedded in them, and 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 so part of their sexy snake build design was also yeah. explicitly designed with you in mind. Um, to yeah, to... Uh, well, no, I actually don't really like them very much, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a living, so you know, play them in and try to figure it out. Um, so their home system uh, sucks. It actually annoys me so much. Yeah, uh, it's two planets. Uh, one is a three one. Yeah, that's fine. But the other is a zero two. That's perplexing. <laughs> that's it is. That is it, uh, it is. It's fine if you get another influence or like with a trade good, right? Like with one mm-hmm. trade good, okay, it's a it's a command counter. But until you right. get that, it just sits there. Round one, it yeah. just sits there. Round two, sometimes it just sits there. Like there's not right. that many. There's not. There's no zero one planets. Right. right. Ooh, that, I'm probably right. wrong. No, that's right. Uh, no. Well, there's definitely one zero planets. Sure, but, but is there zero one? I don't think yeah, I don't, know. I don't think so, so. I think you're only comboing this with a one one planet. Right. Or Which, more zero twos or whatever. Regardless, the point is it sits. That's fine. In such a that's weird not the biggest spot. deal in the world. Yeah. But I. But I do think. Um, so one thing I want to go ahead and establish in talking about the home system and, and why I don't like it is we're going to say the term a lot in this. Um, episode uh production chokehold yeah nalu is a fighter leaning faction and the fact that these planets are set up the way they are makes it difficult for nalu to produce fighters yes. i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves yeah. though let's talk about their abilities um their first is called telepathic um this one is the zero and it's great yeah. um at the end of the strategy phase place the nalu zero token on your strategy card you are first in initiative order right. so they're always first um it's basically it wins games it their whole thing is shaped around this ability it's yeah. probably one of the best if not the best ability in the entire game yeah without this ability they would actually be kind of like a middling faction like kind of like yeah. hard to get off the ground like a decent yeah. defensive ability but no way to like secure economic victories like there's a lot right. of things where they would actually struggle quite a bit but because of this single ability, it it fires them into like top tier yeah. status. Yeah, um, and I and I feel like they are definitely in the top yes, tier. Yes, very much. Um, their second ability is called Foresight. After another player moves ships into a system that contains one or more of your ships, you may place one token from your strategy pool in an adjacent system that does not contain another player's ships. Move your ships from the active system into that system. It is the it is essentially what it's like skilled retreat. It is a skilled retreat, like, but you can do it anytime as long as you have strategy counters, which makes it as situational as skilled retreat is. But you have it more sure. reliably. Like it's fine. It's it can be. But you also have to plan useful. to have it. Yeah, you yeah. have to plan to do it, and it's it's about. Um, honestly, it is less about a thing you actively think about using, and it is more that it's like, oop, I get a I get a get out of jail free card whenever right. I really want it. Like I. If someone does something truly terrible to me, I have a way to just kind of avoid the the brunt of the problem. So I will say, it feels slick as heck yeah. when people use it, right? Like, and they do it right. Like, it 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 is a very it's a very cool ability. Yeah. Um, their flagship is called the Matriarch. Um, its ability is uh, pretty interesting, and it kind of plugs a bit of a hole for them. Yeah. But during an invasion in this system, you may commit fighters to planets. 
as if they were ground forces after combat return those units to the space area. Little so, rules. So they can help you take stuff. There is, you do have to have at least one ground force committed. You have to commit a yes. actual ground force um, to be able to like take the planet, right? You have to have a ground force that survives. So to start, uh, to start that ground combat, you have to um, have a ground force uh, in in the right. hopper. Uh, you you cannot just attack a planet with fighters and kill all the ground forces and then not take it. Right. Um, I guess we'll talk about their promissory note, uh, yeah. but I wouldn't worry about it if I were you. Right. Uh, it's called Gift of the Prescience. Uh, at the end of the strategy phase, place this card, phase up, main play area, <laughs> and you get the zero token. You get it. You steal the zero token from Nalu, yeah. and I would say, let's go ahead and address this one right here, because yes. it's not like it's going to come up right. in any of the other discussions. Yeah, I think I, I want to say it like this, because I don't want to just say, don't give it out, end of discussion right that you, you're everyone big dumb, always dumb yells at us it. when we do that <laughs> sure sure but it is outside of the purview of this show mm-hmm. to be able to describe to you a situation yeah. in which giving away gift of the prescience is a good idea right it, does that make sense it is only worth it if it gives you the win or if you are operating in such a strange meta that people are doing things that normally they would be disincentivized from doing. So these are the two situations people argue with Gift of the Prescience on doing mm-hmm. it or not doing it. Is people have won because they gave Gift of the Prescience out in the la- like I need two more trade goods to have 10 trade goods. I give you sure. Gift of the Prescience. If you give me two trade goods, this gives both of us an opportunity to win. So in that sort of crazy win-making like let's boost each other up scenario, yeah, okay, fine, do Gift of the Prescience. But, like, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about the tradeability of a promissory note. It's funny, Matt, because I kind of brought it up to kind of avoid, I know. like, describing but I wanna, situations I like that. And you're like, let's do it. Let's go there. I so badly there. don't want to hear it that I just want to get it well, out since, of the way. Well, since we went there, yeah. I would say another situation where you could give it out, and this is impossible, but yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there, is if you give it out and you know for sure, 100%, that you are not going to be giving away the victory to right. somebody else by giving it out. Right. As far as I'm concerned, if you know for sure that you know you could sell it for like four or five trade goods, and but but it's almost impossible yeah. to give this card to someone else and and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not going to give them a very big opportunity to win the game. Right. Uh, in the end, so th- there's a, no possible way, right? Unless you just trust them and you know exactly use the other it goofy meta it. is it's like it's in the agenda phase, and it's like I will give you this if, as we have seen before in the past, if you swear on your children <laughs> that you yeah. will play it <laughs> this round and not hold it until the final round. That is why selling Gift of the Prescience is scary, is because it is basically a game winner in the final round. And if you give it to someone, there's no binding way to make them play it because you cannot trade during the strategy phase. So giving it away is inherently non-binding on whether or not they will use it. And because of that, you can never trust if they're just going to hold it until the game winner. And if they're smart, like they'll hold it till the game winner, unless you've done some crazy like meta math of like I will destroy mm-hmm. you if you don't use it right now. So that's that's yeah. it. That's the end. That is the last time we will talk about gift oppressions in this entire episode. Yeah. Done. Um, their faction tech. Uh, first one I want to talk about is kind of the bread and butter of the faction. Um, hybrid crystal fighter two. 
Um, they start with a uh, special fighters, not regular fighters, hybrid crystal fighter one. Uh, they're the same as regular fighters. They just hit one better. They hit on an eight. Right. Um, hybrid crystal fighter two hit on a seven. That's great. Uh, they move two. Sure. Uh, the unit may move without being transported. Each fighter in, uh, excess of your ship's capacity cost one half of a ship against your fleet pool. So you can get pretty weird with them. Yep. Um, as far as like where they're positioned and uh, where they're moving to, uh, they are the gum. They are kind of ever, they are your, they are the way that you get everything yeah. done. Let me, as far as knowledge goes, let me present yeah, it as the, the math problem that they are. The, the sure. math of it is they are a base cruiser but you can have two of them instead of one for capacity, and they cost $1. So for the cost of one cruiser, you can get four hybrid crystal fighter twos, and for the fleet pool of one cruiser, you can get two fighters. So they are like straight up and down just better. Just yeah. better than cruisers. So that philosophy also kind of extends to like, I don't know about you, Hunter, but when I play Nalu... Why would I ever build a cruiser, really? I mean, I, I, yeah. it's rare. I mean, I, people are going to make the cases, but like pretty much if you're getting Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2, you don't really need cruisers kind of ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they almost uh, get, they just get kind of priced out in the in the economy of Nalu. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the other one. Th- this is uh, their other faction tech, Neuroglave, is pretty famous because... Whenever you're playing against someone that has it, it is a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, it is something that I feel like has kind of gone down in its necessity. It used to be described as like, they're all about this. Yep. But it's one of those, I don't know, it's an interesting situation. I'll just read it to you. Neuroglave. After another player activates a system that contains one or more of your ships, that player removes one token from their fleet, from their fleet pool and returns it to their reinforcements. So... That's a pretty big penalty. Yeah. Like yeah. for just activating you. Very few factions can take a fleet pool hit to do anything about it. And this directly combos with their hybrid crystal fighters because and this is we we said it like ten times the last time we did a Nalu guide, and we, we say it all the time, but the phrase you're gonna hear a lot because it's just a perfect phrase is you're gonna be gumming up the works a lot, which is to say leaving ships behind in systems so that then because other people cannot move through your systems without light wave deflector to to attack your home system if the three systems surrounding your home system are filled with ships nobody can just go straight to your home system so first they have to attack the system adjacent to your home and then they attack your home system so if you have that kind of setup for someone to take your home system they have to lose two fleet pool Right. So if you spread out your fighters, you with Neuroglave, you make this obvious balance of I to do anything to you that actually matters, I have to lose too much fleet pool that I can't handle. Right. It is a devastating tech to other people. Yeah. And in situations where you can get it early, uh, it's gonna be very it's gonna be very, very annoying for other people to deal with. Yeah. Um, it used to be something I feel like in the first episode we described it more as like integral to your strategy. Yeah. And I do want to walk that back, but only like a half step. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You can make it integral to, your, to right. your strategy. Right. But we don't think that's the best route anymore. Yeah. Like this is like mirror computing level as far as how good it is, but it is not mirror computing level 
required yes. get. Right. You know right, what I right, mean? Right. Well, yeah. and it's and it and is the main thing is it's not active. It is purely defensive. Yes. So it's only as good as it prevents people from attacking you or actually stops their attack. But also like because it's defensive, it can be planned around. People can overinvest right. in fleet pool and and deal with it. So to exactly. that end, it's it it falters sometimes. Yes. Um, and then last thing, commodities, they've got three, whatever, Average. middle of the road. Yeah, normal, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, Not, nothing really to worry about. Let's talk about early game strategy card picks. Yeah. We're talking about round one. What do, what do we got kind of on the, what's what's the what's the deal with Nalu round one? What, what are we worrying about? So, it, yeah, it's, I, I want to say right now, even just from my own perspective, uh, I, I feel like, the thing I always feel when I pick up Nalu is that I don't have an exact goal in mind round one. I feel like right. I'm just trying to do the standard thing, but I've never come at it with like a, what am I actually sitting down trying to do this round? So I feel like that is kind of wh what I want to answer <laughs> with all these strategy card picks and like wh what makes one better than the others. Because I feel like even when we were writing this outline, Hunter, that there's a little sense of like, we, we went back and forth. Like, we made an argument for a thing. We are like, yeah, that seems fine. And then when we talked about another strategy card, we would go back to the other one and be like, wait, actually, so that makes that one sound a lot better now that I think about it. But, like, they right. all bounced around each other, and you can just make these weird cases for, like, every single strategy card. Yeah, their, so their start is not great, and it's kind of an awkward fix. Uh, there's two problems I want to describe before we get into the actual strategy card rankings. Yeah. Uh, because it's all about how they solve both of these problems, either of them or whatever. Um, so the first one, uh, like any game of Twilight Imperium, especially one where we don't have a good start as far as plastic goes, and they're, to be clear, their start's not awful. It's just they need another carrier. Yeah. Um, we want plastic and we want tech, right? right. Uh, that's, that's what we would always like to have. Um, with tech, the issue is, well, we've already got Neural and Sarween. So like, if we get a tech, it's really it's not going to actually do us any good right away. Yeah. Um, it's not something that we desperately need. So if there's a skip available, it, it might actually just be a waste of time and waste of money. Um, the, the tech that we're looking at probably most of the time is going to be anti-mass right. uh, because we are eventually going to want to get hybrid crystal fighter two. I would describe that tech as being pretty essential. The other problem is this in order to build plastic, uh, we have Sarween, which is great. It's good that we start with that. We have three resources at home, and we can build five plastic in total, right. which is interesting because we need a carrier, and, uh, well, that's really it, but we would like to we would like to build more than just the carrier, right? Yeah. So we have the money for the carrier. We have the money for the um, carrier and, and two fighters, really. Right. We have four bucks because we have $3 and Sarween tools to build. But we home. know we're likely, in most of these strategy cards, we're likely going to get access to more money yeah and the fact that we're already hitting the production choke or uh what are we calling it you said production, earlier, uh, but i think we're gonna say bottleneck actually I the think bottleneck yeah. yeah the production bottleneck the fact that we can hit that on round one is a real bad sign and it's something that needs to be fixed like if we get even one dollar we basically max out like what we can get yeah which is carrier two fighters and then like two infantry right so it is a little, it's a little bit of a bummer, and it's something that we're going to be thinking about throughout the entire guide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's break down the picks. Right. So point. Hunter, leadership, just to go through them in order, 
Um, I feel like leadership is the one that maybe varies up there among the most, d depending on factions. Some factions are just like, oh, yeah, leadership like unlocks all of your potential to do lots of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it kind of feels like Nalu isn't real is maybe not even expecting to be able to do both secondaries anyways talking about warfare and tech right so does right. leader where does leadership fall in our ability to like launch our round one into a better position it's a bit weird i kind of put it in the middle um and i think i'll let personal preference kind of kind of guide y'all here um i think secondary wise it's cool that we could probably do uh construction um secondary in the home system mm. is cool the only problem with construction in general is with our round one uh is you would you have to remember that warfare secondary only allows you to build out of one of those space stocks right. so even though you're getting that second space stock down you're not really getting to capitalize on it but it is still good to do like i kind of go back and forth uh on it because like solving the bottleneck is important the other thing, the other problem is that your other planet is a zero. So getting a second space stock in your home system isn't even, right. it's not even optimal still. Right, yeah. So perhaps you have a better choice somewhere else. Perhaps you have Bergler to four or Abyss Freya, which you're going to hopefully plop down two space stocks there. And then that's basically just going to be your home system. Right, right. Um, as far as, you know, you don't, you, you have uh, two trade ships, which is good. So the likelihood that you're going to be able to do an X minus one and get two trade goods is like pretty high. Um, we don't tend to get too fancy whenever we estimate like how much money you're going to get round one. We generally assume that if you don't have the trade card, you're doing an X minus one. Right. Uh, and in this case, that would mean five, five bucks, which is not good because now we're choosing between either doing warfare and getting our second carrier or doing tech and I think I would prefer warfare yeah. because tech is not going to immediately get us much of anything. Right. Yeah. And, and that I, I fall more in that camp nowadays than I ever used to of just like, you know what? Maybe tech round one doesn't matter um, that much because in plenty of situations, you're going to find yourself with tech round two or three. So you can always mm -hmm. catch up. Um, and yeah, if it's not immediately serving a purpose in your round one or round two, I don't think it's necessary. And so not only do I not think we need anti-mass round one, but even going into round two, I don't know what we get that does anything significant to our round two. We can get gravity right. drive and like maybe there's a world where we can take Mechatol, but that's pretty rare. Um, there's only like a mm -hmm. couple circumstances where that really happens reliably. Um, right. And if we get... Gravity Drive and Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2 round 2, or, or I don't even know. Like, there's very few techs that we get round 2, even if we got Animas round 1, that do much for us in the immediacy. Right. So, so yeah, I just, I, I'm very willing as Nalu to just not get tech round 1 at all. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll, we'll, we'll describe the situation with each card. Um, but I think, yeah, overall leadership, I would put maybe right below the bottom. Like, and, and we're definitely not going to be, well, let's go ahead and move on to, diplomacy yeah. um i don't think there's a place for diplomacy no. in nalu's round one no. um i guess what is what is like the most charitable argument i could make uh having a green skip and skipping to hyper right that's i mean that's costly. having a blue skip yeah that is costly 
uh, skipping to Gravity Drive in order to go for Mechatol next round. But now there's no, you know, now we're basically, well, we're not necessarily for, forfeiting a, um, uh, forfeiting both secondaries. But yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think it will be difficult. And I, I would say that, that is the best argument is the skip sure. to gravity drive because then the next round we can still get hybrid crystal fighter two with our green and blue. And yeah. like you said, we are going first. So if we have the right influence, I'm okay with it, but that is a somewhat rare circumstance for the blue skip to be in the right spot to matter for our round two in a way that doesn't also inhibit our round one. I mean, think about how few, if, if you don't have a way to get like enough money, I mean, let Centauri Grawl, is an influence system, not a resource system. And then right. Thiba is your other blue skip. So with a blue skip, you are not unlocking some new resource potential by, by right. its very nature. So with Diplo, uh, you would need a, a you would need another planet on top of that for the resources to matter. And that's not going to happen because you only have one carrier. So you only took Centauri Grawl in this situation. So like the Diplo case is like really, really, really narrow for Nalu. Yeah. Um, so I, I just don't, I mean, I guess if you're really desperate to take Mechatol round one, um, Centauri Grawl does help that, right? Three influence there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grawl itself, and then uh, you're zero two at home. Like, that's but how you But you know take it's Mechatol. bad if we're having to describe just a single option right. for this to And you built no sense. new ships, yeah. most likely, which means nah. then round two, you send your only fleet all the way to Mechatol Rex with nothing defending you at home. The other thing <laughs> is we've already described, too, that you have a production problem. Yeah. So like if you're if you're sixth pick, construction is gonna probably fare better. But let's yes. talk about politics yeah. now. Um politics is interesting. Uh I feel like for Nalu, Nalu is very like we can sell the speaker token. Yeah. Um and we could use some extra bucks. So I'm kinda down. But here's I'm 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 gonna make I'm gonna make a little weird edge case scenario um idea right now so we sell the speaker token for you know what what is the standard rate right now like three three to four depending on who you're asking yeah yeah two and two and a wash or something like that some something something along those lines um that's pretty cool uh we get to build some plastic we get to do some tech what 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 that could lead to is perhaps we take Imperial round two uh-huh. and sneak a Mechatol. Yeah. You know, double point. point essentially. Yeah. Right. Double point. Um, it's obviously people are going to see it coming. Uh, and just, you know, this isn't a situation where you get to play Imperial at the beginning of the next round. But I'm just trying to come up with, I feel like politics is the one where it's like, yeah, you get a little bit of money. You don't get the max amount of money you could get. Yeah. Um, but you also leave yourself some neat options. And I would feel like, you are not in such a bad situation to where I feel like you need anything specific round two. This exactly. isn't a like you have to take tech right. round two to catch up. It's not that big of a deal if uh, if you you know take all the way to round three. Yeah. Nalu to sits really in this catch up with tech. weird position, kind of all game, where their relationship with strat- everybody else has the timing of their strategy card as an additional factor, and when you take mm-hmm. away that factor, it means that Nalu is only picking their strategy cards based on the gain that it it gets you right you 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 actually get to play a little bit more of the math factor in these things because i think there's an invisible variable in everybody else's game that is 
but also tech is really late. So that's going to impact me in certain ways. Nalu always goes first. So they are just getting the thing that they get. And, and um, because of that round two, everybody else is like maybe racing for leadership to go first and take Mechatol or they're racing right, for tech. Right. And it's like for you, you just, you can always kind of take anything. And I, 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 that honestly, that's like, my favorite part of Nalu is that lack of pressure <laughs> that like, oh, right. I need, I need this to survive. Like, well, you'll probably be okay as Nalu. Right. Um, let's talk about construction. So construction has already been brought up a few times. Um, I think that if you're going to take it round one, I, I think of it more as an investment, unless you have one of those choice um, hexes. Yeah. And I would just do it first action. Yep. Because what's nice about this is you basically lock, I mean, you lock everybody else out from using it. So they're not going to get ahead of you production-wise. Right. Um, and yeah, you, you double docked your home system, which is like questionable and maybe not the best. Yeah. Uh, but it's at least going to get you through the early to mid game right. and probably be fine. Right. Um, it does. It is a bummer. I don't want to lie. It is a bummer to me that you you do not get to secondary warfare and use both space docks. Right. But like, as long as we have that solved at some point, yeah, it'll be okay. Right. Um. And I still think it is better than diplomacy. And, and honestly, doing it first action and putting that second PDS on your second planet also is super helpful. Just from a right. Let's talk yeah. about the two planet is harder to defend than a single planet. Like. All sure. in all, I, like Hunter said, you are investing in your future with construction around. It is your sixth pick, and it is better than Diplo because Nalu barely benefits from Diplo at all. Uh, so, so sixth pick construction, you at least have a plan set right. in place. Right. That, that's about all it's doing for you. Um, let's talk about my favorite for Nalu um, is trade, actually. Um, I like it because we get to do both secondaries. Yeah. Um, we get to do warfare and we get that carrier. We get the, um, fighters and the infantry. Uh, and we also get to do tech and we'll grab, uh, anti-mass and be set up going into the next round, yeah. uh, that I feel like is a solid start. It's not flashy in any way. Um, but it is like, I, I do feel, and you could also even end up with, I mean, what? Can I you break? I'll, I'll break down some yeah, of the flash ahead. of it yeah, because yeah. there there is some actually decently flashy stuff. Trade is your basically only reliable way to actually use that zero two planet that we hate. So that's sure. great. Yes. So first off, yeah, one trade is, good gets de dedicated awesome. to an extra command counter. If you yeah. want to, you don't have to, and I don't think it's even necessarily great, but you do have two trade ships. You have a cruiser and you have a destroyer. And if you right. have like a wormhole nearby or something, like you could end up with four neighbors or something. I mean, you, you can end up sure. with, with lots of neighbors if you really, really focused on it. Or you can make sure they also sent like the, the point being you aren't especially great at trade, but because you have two trade ships and that trade good unlocks an extra command counter where you can move more stuff around if you have to. You do get to do a little bit of fancy stuff if everybody gets on board. Like, you can do an X-1 with everybody and end up with actually a pretty good amount of money. Um, sure. So that would be my goal with trade, is to be pretty open-handed, but open-handed as long as all the money's coming to me. <laughs> not, yeah. not you two can, I'm going to refresh you two so that you two can trade and maybe you owe me in the agenda phase. I still want it to all be binding, but like we can all get our ships into positions that make sure I can do a deal with almost everybody at the table. 
Yeah, trade rules with Nalu yeah. round one. Actually, I, I, it was my top pick, and I didn't even think about the fact that you were netting an extra command, command counter, counter yeah. because of that. Um, and and you know certainly netting it as opposed to every other plan where yeah you don't you even have need. to do it binding like you could do trade as like your literal first action and right. then you won't be negatively impacted by almost any strategy card and then you can start to do your trades throughout the rest of the round if you right. if you right. can trust your table to like all still deal with you you can right. refresh almost everybody do all the trades and be sitting pretty I love it um, okay let's talk about warfare. Um, Warfare is pretty good. I, I feel like it's not as great as it is with other factions because we're kind of light. You're a um, one carrier faction. One carrier factions with warfare yes. always don't feel like you're doing the best. You're you're doing yeah. what you can. It's weird, um, and you can't stall with it yeah. because you have the zero. So actually, the zero kind of hurts you. It, it's kind of a bummer right now. Um, I guess uh, the way you. Ex- the way you laid it out, Matt, is the best way to do it would be to first action expand, sec- second action send a trade ship, third action build, um, and then warfare. But the fact that it's it's the zero, you're still probably not going to stall that many people out yeah. um, with that because they're all going after you. Right, that, warfare as your fourth bit. action is still early in the order and everybody has a way to deal with that. Everybody else can take yeah. two actions and then do their strategy card and not be stalled out by you. So I will say this is the easiest way for you to make a mechatol play round two. That's huge. And I, you know, I, I don't normally love, and I guess I'm weird for this, but I don't normally love sending a carrier to mechatol Rex in order to score an easy point. And then basically you're sacrificing the carrier, but with Nalu, you can save that carrier with foresight. So I don't know, like it's, it's harder to figure that out. And also like, Nalu is the type of faction because of the zero that it is really important to get those points kind of outside of the public objective system yeah. so that uh, whenever uh, it comes time for the final round, you're kind of already ahead and it's too late to stop you. That's kind of what it feels like to lose to Nalu anyways. Right. The, the, the two points, I want to make sure we separate them because, Hunter, at first you laid out like what I think is the the safest way to do warfare, which is mm-hmm. the the system that you warfare is the second carrier that you built at home and you take yes. another adjacent. The going for Mechatol is actually stretching yourself very thin because what yes. you are doing is moving a carrier twice. You're you're not having to rely on gravity drive being a thing that you somehow get in time, which won't happen. You move your first right. carrier forward one. You move your second carrier forward again so that it is adjacent to Mechatol in preparation for round two. But now you have like a wicked unprotected slice. So yeah. that is the gambit that you are taking when you go for that Mechatol rush as Nalu. And there's, there's not very many ways to defend it. What yeah, I would do, it's not very good. What I would do is on that first move, probably send all three of your ships forward, and then on the second move, leave the cruiser and the destroyer behind, so that they are at least protecting the space above the system that you're abandoning. Yeah, I honestly like. I think this is a case where actually like politics a little better than warfare. Yeah, I think so. Which is odd. Uh, Warfare almost never makes it to like fourth pick, but I actually feel like it would if I was in that position as Nalu. Um, Let's talk about tech because there's not really much to say. Um, It gets it gets the job done for you. Uh, I don't really see an argument to get anything besides anti mass. Um, Mm -hmm. Daxiv, nah. I I I don't. 
this this guide isn't going to recommend that you rush for neuroglave although some like super pro people out there might might say that they can get away with that yeah. uh, i don't know that somebody at me and matt's level could get away with that because the one of the problems with nalu is like you're you're flimsy right and we can go ahead and talk about problems like the like we got to figure out we're missing a carrier we got to get that yep. we have this bottleneck where we are a carrier fighter faction that doesn't have good production in their home system. Yep. That is obnoxious. Uh, we we solve that by either throwing down another space dock in the home system and just dealing with it, uh, looking for maybe getting space dock two in the future, or finding another staging area. Um, yeah, i.e. Berglarda or Abysfria. Um, and going first is not really that useful round one. Yep. Like after this, it gets a lot better. But round one it basically takes all of our stall potential out. It actually makes it harder for us to do other secondaries like we are more easily stalled yeah. because we are going first here's the general philosophy i think you should take when you start a game as nalu is i have some early weaknesses and i have the best late game ability in the game right. so i don't need to get flashy and weird in the early game that sacrifices my late game position because if i'm in an equal position with everybody else in the late game I win. <laughs> yeah. So all you need to do is survive safely through the early game. So you're so that's why we're being like really cautious with everything we do in the early game. And why yeah. like everything we're suggesting is like, eh, maybe just don't get tech round one. Because like maybe you should just focus on plastic instead and just getting your economy online. Get the planets, get the ships, and then later you can get the tech. There's nothing that crazy fancy you can do in like round three if you had right. gotten your tech in the right position. That that yeah. there's there's not that play like there is with like a barony or something like that, right? I will say the reason I do the only reason that I bring up tech whenever I do like like whenever we were talking about trade is because of your production bottleneck. Yeah, if you get a lot of money round one, you can't even spend it. Right, literally you won't be able right. to. So you might as well get the tech just to just to start moving getting that. things moving forward. But if you have like a blue skip. I would maybe even just consider saving trade goods if you had trade or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I would consider passing on tech even if I had the money to do right. it. Save the trade the goods, and if you can get tech round two, get skip to gravity drive, and then also research hybrid crystal fighter two in the same turn. Yeah, like that might be, awesome. be better um, than, right. than teching it all round one. Um, right. So so okay, let's 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 first off let's skip imperial because we're not doing it we're not picking it right one there's no need so let's get into the rest of the tech conversation what do you say yeah totally um so the way the way i want to lay out this tech um and and i feel like we keep experimenting a lot with this section of the guides yeah uh because it feels like it can become an overload of information when actually tech is one of those things that like with most factions you need to kind of play to what you need right now um emphasizing like what you have in your slice available to you as far as skips go and also what you need in this round and in future rounds that being said the tech i'm going to highlight as the probably essential in every single game you play as nalu is hybrid crystal fighter 2 agreed um it gives you a lot of versatility as far as having positional advantages uh, i.e gumming up the works moving fighters into areas that are pesky now and difficult to deal with. Um, it combos very nicely with Neuroglave in that if I have just a little fighter in the way, even that will cost you a fleet pool in the late game. Um, 
The other thing about Hyper Crystal Fighter 2 is that half fleet pool ability is beautiful and allows you to do some pretty weird combinations, like having a single Dreadnought escorted by four fighters. Right. If you have three fleet pool, that's pretty weird. Uh, oh, wait, that's not even true. I even got that wrong. It would be five fighters um, because it does have capacity one. Right, right. Uh, well, I mean, let's you can you can have a single four fleet supply. It lets you have a carrier, let's say three ground forces and a fighter, and then a bunch of fighters and the rest of the fleet supply. and a dre- Like, th- those are scary fleets. Those are just inherently yeah. scary fleets because of the doubling down nature of Hyper Crystal right. Fighter 2. It's, it's pretty right. wild. Um, and even in a scenario where, like, your fleet supply is shot, if you only have one fleet supply, you can still have two fighters everywhere gumming up your works, which is, like, right. again, they're shooting on a seven. Like, they're good. They're, they're good at hurting things. Uh, right. So it's it's not to be uh, ignored. Yeah. Honestly, Hyper Crystal Fighter 2 is so good that it almost makes Carrier 2 less uh, important as I think it would be if, if they didn't have that half fleet pool ability. Carrier 2 is still awesome, don't get me wrong. Like, Carrier 2 is essential for any faction that is going to emphasize fighters. Yeah. Um, but this is the closest you get to kind of getting to go without it. Like, I feel like a game where I only had Hybrid Crystal Fighter 2 as an upgrade as Nalu would probably be okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, which we should probably let's let's go ahead and start talking about what we do with skips and what colors we're going down. I will say this: we're basically not going to talk about red. We don't really have anything to say about red. Yep. Um, it doesn't r- particularly lead to anywhere that we're interested in exploring. Like we said earlier, uh, okay. So if we have a green and a yellow to start with, and if you get a red to get cruiser two, you made a worse hybrid crystal fighter two. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you don't need cruisers, and. PDS is the only other argument for red, and it's like you have Neuroglave and Hybrid Crystal Fighters too, so like you kind of have your defenses handled if you play right. it right. If you do Neuro- Neuroglave, I don't know. May- maybe PDS two is the answer if you decide not to do Neuroglave, but I don't know why you would do that because Neuroglave right. is better. Let's talk about yellow yeah. um, because I I think overall Nalu is primarily a blue green faction, right. but. If you have a yellow skip, there are some choice uh, things you could go for. You could go for Space Dock 2. That solves uh, that solves our production problem. Um, another one you brought up that was interesting that I actually think would be helpful in some situations is Transit Diodes. Right. Um, Graviton, I don't know. I don't see it. Um, yeah. Integrated Economy, nah, I, I, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Integrated not, Economy not is... I mean, I hate that we never recommend integrated economy because it's such in such a weird position. But I will say it's good with Jolnar. It's good and with like, Jolnar. Honestly, that... like if if you were rushing for it, if you were wanting to play a weird game, like Nalu actually does have a, a value to it, right? Because if you take a planet mm-hmm. and use integrated economy, you can build a bunch of hybrid crystal fighter twos. Yes, that's that is a thing. But there's so many other techs we want way more than that. Sure. So sure. it's I, I think I think you're right on the money that it's space dock too. Transit diodes is an interesting factor in terms of now you don't really need to hardly focus on ground forces at all, and you can just move them when you need to to take stuff. But the only thing I'm doing someone, is getting space dock too for me. I think someone could make an argument for a blue yellow um, Nalu. Uh-huh. Uh, like I'd be down to hear that, but that's not necessarily what we're going to recommend. Yeah. And I think it's because Neuroglave is still such okay so two things so if we have a green skip we're going to skip daxiv and we're going to go to hyper yep. and then after that we're next time we're going to go to neuroglave neuroglave really locks down your late game um and 
makes it very difficult to to stop Nalu and also is like a huge deterrent for even when so let's say you're in a situation where Nalu isn't even going to win the game. I still probably won't do anything to Nalu because I just don't want to it's basically like if you have Neuroglave, then if I'm attacking Nalu, it must be because they're gonna win. Because otherwise I'm gonna find a reason to just not attack them because I don't want to lose that type of value and I don't want to have to plan my whole game. Because you basically just have to be like all right, figuring out how to rig my fleet pool in such a way as to be Neuroglave proof. Yeah. And that's obnoxious. Right. Like, I I do not want to have that's to play with hassle. that level of consideration for just one player, especially if they're not winning right now. Right. You know right. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like Hyper also is important because we are a um, we are a faction that likes to gum up the works and spread out our fighters into various places so like we have a lot of things to potentially be spending our command counters on right um obviously that one kind of depends a little bit on your slice if you have a high influence slice maybe there's not really a lot of value out of hyper um so maybe you do kind of consider going another direction um at least before um so let's talk about blue uh i think blue is the best uh basically way for nalu to go and uh and it's mostly just because i mean gravity drive is fine it opens up the um flagship to having some use if you want to build that later mm-hmm. uh your your if, if if you don't have carrier two you can probably get a lot done with just having grav drive on one carrier and a bunch of fighters like yeah. but we've already described that but it's pretty pretty awesome what we need to talk about is fleet logistics because Fleet logistics on Nalu has a whole nother dimension yeah. that it doesn't have on other factions because of the zero token. Do you want to describe that a little bit for me, Matt? Yeah. Um, so we talked about earlier the first round, that zero token is actually kind of an inhibitor. It hurts it hurts mm-hmm. our ability to do stuff. In every single other round in the game, it is awesome. <laughs> and it's yeah. way more useful. Um, right. And there's multiple ways. And we're going to talk about it when we talk about trading. We're going to, we're going to be talking about it a lot going forward. But... The easiest way to talk about it is if you have fleet logistics and you go first, no matter what, without fail, it unlocks the potential for you to do things that nobody else can ever reliably do. A couple right. of examples. I can take a final planet that I need to get four of a trait and then immediately play Imperial as the first right. action before anybody right. else gets to do anything about it. Inverse, maybe I negotiated myself into a position where I now qualify for that objective or like it just flipped and I happen to have it, but it's like a position that I want to get out of because it's stretched thin. I can pop Imperial and immediately move out. Same goes for Diplomacy. Diplo, I can move in and immediately lock that system down or move into a place, leave something empty behind and lock that system down. Uh, Technology and uh you know uh politics or something i can sell we'll talk about that later but just in general fleet logistics as a first action doing two things before anybody else gets to respond is such a superpower it freaks me out and in the in, in yeah. a final round scenario it is 100% a game winner yeah i would argue that fleet logistics on nalu is probably their it's their best tech it's the superpower over yeah, yeah. it's it's nuts um, the action card combinations you can come up oh, with yeah. are basically endless and so ridiculous. Uh, even just the idea of like Nalu using unexpected action as a warfare that doesn't trigger a, you know what I mean? Right. Like first action, I do this. Uh, now I unexpected action. 
bam, I'm ready to go next right. round. Like that is just so odd. Yeah. Um, e- even without it being as a first action, like throughout the entire game, if you did a thing first and then everybody only has one chance to respond, you can do it. It's, it, it just like never stops being good to the extent where like, mm-hmm. this is one of the few factions where I'm like, I kind of want to rush for fleet logistics right. like i want that power i want that superpower as fast as i possibly can get it you have your your superpower is that like you have this weird timing thing with all of the strategy cards and if you can utilize that timing while also still doing like a normal action it's huge yeah so i i just feel like we've seen uh this fleet logistics combination also just win so many games so yeah. it's hard it's hard to overstate um, how awesome it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think you should plan on getting it blue skip or no blue skip. Yeah. Like it uh, either way. I mean, obviously any mass is kind of a necessary evil. It'd be cool if you could skip that and just get hyper crystal fighter too. But even any mass like gumming up the works in asteroid fields is probably going to be, you know, conditionally useful, right? Definitely. Uh, depending on the situation. Uh, Grav drive obviously is helpful. So I mean, yeah, it's just hard not to say that like blue Nalu is like really the way to go. And if anything, this uh, is the bigger reason why we don't talk up Neuroglave as like the end all be all anymore because fleet right. logistics is so much better that you need to get that first. And it's hard to say if you're going to now have time to also get Neuroglave. If you right. can, that's what you should redirect towards. But mm-hmm. every, like upgrades might be a more important thing and now you need to spend the rest of your game getting more upgrades um it's just it's gonna be hard to go all the way into three deep into blue and hybrid crystal fighter uh two and then also expect yourself to go three deep into green that that's difficult um so it you know your mileage may vary basically but we we get neuroglave after fleet logistics because fleet logistics is our actual superpower uh hunter you said a thing at one point uh when we were prepping this that was Neuroglave prevents, like, keeps other people from stopping our win, but Fleet Logistics is what actually unlocks our win. Fleet Logistics right. actually gives us the opportunity to win. Neuroglave is just what keeps people from stopping it, and and that's yep. impo- that's an important distinction. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's totally that's totally the thing. Let's talk about um, extra upgrades because I don't want to make it sound like you just get Hybrid Crystal Fighter Two and that's it. Um, I think Carrier Two is going to be really useful a lot of the time. Um, Dread 2 is not a bad pickup, and it's easy. Like, we've already... You start with the yellow. You're already... You're almost... You're always going to go down blue, basically. Um, So, like, yeah, Dread 2 is just going to be uh, an easy pickup and and nothing to worry about. Infantry 2, maybe conditionally okay. Um, Not... I would say not essential. You have a... Your flagship, if you um, are able to get it in position, uh, can help you take of take care of a really difficult planet to invade. Um, but Dread Two also helps you take care of yep. difficult planets to invade. But overall, though, your strength is not there, yep. so you have to always figure out a way to kind of get around like hard to take planets. That's not really your forte. Right. Um, right. That, that and that that makes control objectives kind of an interesting problem for you to have to solve all games. Yes. They're, they're, it's possible, but like you got to really focus on them when you decide to go for them. Um. And and you are doing it through sneakier means than everybody else. And we'll we'll talk right. about that a bit more later. But before we do that, I want to kind of figure out if we. I want to talk about trading before we get into like our mid game stuff. So mm-hmm. we have three commodities. We have a useless promissory note like 
are we able to make any money as an Alu Collective? Well, so we thought about it for a bit, and we, we couldn't really come up with anything super solid besides the idea of, like, I we, we are, we're calling it blackmail. It's more like a, it, it is extortion, I guess, um, but, you know, you having the zero means that every time you can take a strategy card that people may or may not want you to play as first action. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of goes either way. You have to look at what people need. Right. Um, I'll come up with just a bogus scenario just to illustrate the point. Let's say you've already gotten ahead on CCs. Everyone else is CC starved, and you take leadership. Now, you could pop that first action, and now everybody's good. Yeah. And everybody would want that. So maybe you could make a lot of money there. The other You chose the weirdest an- example, Hunter, because leadership goes first anyways. But... That's true. That doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> but, but but like whatever. But but tech tech is a more interesting thing. Of there's sure. lots of times where somebody needs to be able to research gravity drive right away. So I, I like to think of it as like a as as a two two headed system. One, you can sell right. everybody on the idea of hey, if, if you need this thing, if you need politics or technology, pay me and I will do it right now. Um, right. The inverse is something like construction, uh, or if you have fleet logistics stuff like Diplo. Um, gets gets a reverse version of that, which is I can do this right now and none of you will get to take advantage of it or you can pay me to stall it, like not do it as my first action. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that was the most compelling thing we could come up it's with. Real weird. I didn't even I didn't even describe it correctly <laughs> because that's how not compelling it really feels. So like I would just say overall, like Nalu is not mm-hmm. very interesting on like a trading yeah. level. Just do what you can um, in like the normal yeah. like ah trade trade agreements and trade you know like whatever. Do do everything that you can. Um, do standard stuff. Play to your yeah. strengths yeah, yeah. as far as I do want to make the point too about support for the throne of um mm-hmm. you you get to be a little bit choosy with support for the throne because most players at the table are probably at least assuming that you will end up with neuroglave or if you have the plan to end up with neuroglave you have your defenses on lockdown which means the idea of using support for the throne as a as a buffer to keep someone from attacking you you right. kind of might not need that which means like you may not need to do a support swap you might just could maybe buy a support from the throne from other people and sell yours for stuff like most people do a support swap with their neighbor so that the that is like a a foregone conclusion of like all right we're not gonna have to deal with each other but nalu just doesn't have that as an issue so you get to be a little bit more free (laughs) you're not you're not barred to those shackles of uh of normal support swaps right right yeah i agree um let's talk about mid-game things that you need to be considering whenever you get to rounds, you know, three three through five or whatever, yeah. three and four. Um, we've kind of already talked about it a lot, but you need to make sure that you solve your production bottleneck. Yeah. Um, solve it as soon as you can. Uh, we've described how you do it, you know, space dock two or more space docks or more space docks in your home system. That's probably the worst solution, but yeah. it's also easy to do. Like you probably will do it a lot right. um, that way. Uh, you need to consider sneaky Mechatol points. You're not good at taking Mechatol from other players. Uh, however, uh, you go first, and uh, if you have fleet logistics, you could always do something weird. Uh, yeah. Pop down. Oh, maybe uh, Mechatol's not very well defended. Pop in with a carrier, steal it, activate Imperial, get and get a point. Uh, and then foresight out when they come to take your plastic back. Like right. that's the thing is you don't have to worry about how many 
uh, how much plastic you are committing to Mechatol Rex. Because as long as you plan for it, you can just get out. Yep. Um, you need to make sure to have your gum set up, especially if you're going for a late game Neuroglave. Uh, it's always good to already have everything spread out and not have to kind of figure that out logistically. I, I think this is actually like a focus that you should you should actively think totally. about with every round totally. is my position in the late game is very important and I have to work on that in the med game. I don't get to just have gum in the late game. You have to like right. incrementally set that up. So every time you move something out, the intent of like leaving one or two fighters behind and moving on and then move like catching other fighters up of it as you've built them or whatever, like if you're going to do it, like the worst way to do it would be to like actively move your gum around and like waste right. a bunch of command counters. So you just can't do that. So you have to think about it all game long. And this also goes for things like as you're being tricky, make sure you're doing it in ways that give you advantages in the late game. Like uh, the, there's the skilled retreat trick, right? Of like I move into a place with the full intent of then just skilled retreating into the system adjacent to like I'm going to blockade your space dock or this is going to set me adjacent to a home system that I need for the secret objective or like into the wormholes or whatever. There's a million different reasons you like need to end up somewhere and you have foresight at your disposal so you don't even have to do fights to end up in like some of the positions you want to end up in and those positions can pay dividends later on when now it's a thing that if you ended up with Neuroglave, someone has to deal with later on. Like you have right. to be keeping that stuff in mind. If you don't have the intent of getting Neuroglave, this whole equation changes quite a bit because you don't get to lean on that crazy defenses. So you need to play a little bit safer. Uh, so that's the whole point of your mid game though, is thinking about where's my stuff ending up because that's going to factor into how well people can deal with me in the late game, which is almost always a conversation is like, well, yeah, Nalu's definitely in the pack. How 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 might they find a win? So you, you know people are going to look at you, so you have to make sure you are setting yourself up with a good position to lead into that. Right. So, I mean, if you've done it all correctly, by the, late, by the time late game comes, you're all over the map. Um, you have set yourself up defensively, but also you just have access to wherever you need to be. Uh, hopefully you've already... You know, if you had secret objectives that had to do with being specific places, you either already have that claimed or have it locked down. Uh, you have fleet logistics or, uh, well, sorry, not or. You have fleet logistics and then an optional Neuroglave. If things have gone well, hopefully you have both. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I don't think that Neuroglave is required at this point. Mm -mm. Um, and in fact, if you have some sort of, well, if I just get transit diodes, I could do this weird thing over here and take this necessary planet. Sure, do it. Right. Don't don't ignore your win in order to get something defensive like Neuroglave. Right. Neuroglave um, is there for when you get the points locked in and you got to hold it. But if you mm -hmm. don't have the points locked in, you need to focus on right. other stuff. You got to get the other right. things to make yourself have the win. Right. Um, keep an eye out for uh, a win in the action phase or uh, some weird Imperial stuff you can do in that final round. Yeah. Um, I would say taking politics round five to make sure that you get a favorable pick uh, is okay, but you don't, it's not necessary, right? Right. Like, even if your last pick uh, in the final round, you can make any strategy card uh, work as long as you can score the points. Yep. Um, however, I that being said, if you have fleet logistics, Imperial in the final round is a potent combination, and I would recommend... Uh, you even, I know it sounds silly to try and become speaker on the final round, even though you're Nalu, 
but getting your hands on Imperial, I feel like, uh, will win you the game so often because no one can do anything about it um, before you win. Uh, So keep your eye out for a sabotage. Uh, Public disgrace is not your friend. Uh, Not that it's ever anybody's friend. Sure. uh, Unless you're playing it on somebody. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I I could see a, a place where I am actually doing a lot of speaker token control with Nalu in the late game. Right. If I have gotten ahead on points, um, just basically so I can use the zero with the Imperial before yeah. anyone can stop me. Because it's essentially only stopped one way. Right. And I, But I want to drive home that point of if that isn't where your victory lies, like you get this extra factor of not being afraid mm-hmm. because every like the best example i can give is the tech problem that we've seen right. in a lot of games this happened in the 14 point tournament um all I the feel time like a bunch all the time um where let's say you need three upgrades for two points and you only have two upgrades and everybody only happens to have two upgrades which means nobody if you take tech that gives you the ability to score that two pointer but if you take tech, you are now seventh in scoring order, which means by taking tech, you have stopped yourself from winning because everyone else will also get to do tech and will score before you go. This is like the common problem that happens with tech objectives in the late game. Mm-hmm. As Nalu, yep. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not, that's literally right. not a factor. You not get to deal. dive right on tech, and like no matter what turn in the order you are in, no one else is going to take tech. Because they don't get to benefit from that thing. So, like, tech is a guarantee for you in the last round if you want it, if you need it. And then you will still score first. This is also why, again, it's important not to have ever given out Gift of the Prescience. Because that's where your whole advantage lies. So, right. uh, things like tech. Warfare and you could, is Dude, you could do viable. this with every... Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, you're, you're doing it already. But we could do this with every single strategy card talking about the functionality of it in Nalu's hands in what is the final round. It goes back to what we said earlier, where everybody else thinks about the timing of when their strategy card goes as an as a factor. And that is never more prominent than in the final round when literally speaker order determines who wins the game. And for mm-hmm. you, you just take whatever strategy card makes it easiest for you to score the points you have to score. Right. As it's with simple. that as a factor, it's it's hard to fail <laughs> as long as you've right. set yourself up in the early and mid game. That's the whole thing with Nalu is if you do early and mid correctly, late game is a usually kind of a cakewalk. Even at high levels of play, um, this can totally be uh, the, you can totally win a game off of this ability. Uh, if you go and watch the um, uh, semifinals for the tournament this year, uh, game five. Uh, you can watch John playing as Nalu, and like everyone at that table is very, very solid. But like, it was kind of a situation where Nalu had closed it up, and they did not realize that it was over. Um, and then, the, and then they had plenty of time to think about it and talk about how to stop Nalu, but it was too late. There yeah. was no way to do it. Right. Um, and that's you know, and that's like a bunch of players at that table are really, really, really. I mean, they're all really, really great. And they just could not figure it out. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's such a potent ability, even at high levels of play. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such an. I've always had such a weird thought on Nalu because it's not like anything else about them is crazy overpowered. I mean, Hybrid Crystal Fighter right. is pretty good, but it doesn't help you take planets, like we said. Like the like control objectives can still be kind of tricky for you. So like mm-hmm. making sure that you are in the running in the late game is not an easy thing. But as long right. as you can do that 
you have this inherent advantage that like goes so 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 far uh, and and, right. and is so hard to stop. So and we can't overstate like make sure you the the reason we say gum the works yeah. all the time is because you are a faction that if if other people are are looking at you they're going to look for openings in order to try and be aggressive towards you or exploit you. And if you positionally have stuff in the way, then they have to kind of, they can't sneak you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and it's important, I think, to remember that, especially at a higher level of play, people are going to think about trying to hurt you before you get to the late game because you're so good at it. Right. Basically. Yeah. If anything, that's, I feel like a factor we didn't talk about enough in this episode because it's, it is honestly like a, a next level, higher level play thing is Mm -hmm. you should expect to have a lot of heat on you. If you're playing with experienced players, like all game long, because people are going to be like, nah, I know that if I let you get to the late game with any decent position that you'll just win. So like, that's why it's even more important to play like, close and tight and and very very safe in the early game because people will be looking for ways to exploit you and stop you well i will say i mean yeah we didn't specifically address it but if you solve the problems that we laid out here it is going to be hard for them to deal with you yeah especially the production bottleneck if you figure that out you're going to have a lot of plastic that is really versatile, mm-hmm. like a, fighters everywhere that can kind of be shuffled around in a kind of unpredictable way, yeah. just depending on where. I'm just going to send this carrier here, bring a bunch of fighters from over here. Oh, bam, now that's a fleet. Right. Guess what? Right. Um, like that versatility is good. And as, if the works are gummed, then they need some sort of special ability to strike at you difficultly or um, uh, decisively, right. I guess I should say. Right. Yeah, and so that's, I mean, that's kind of the gist of it is, you know, just just hang in there and you'll be in a decent enough position. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. It, and you'll earn the uh, the late game Nalu, the final round <laughs> Nalu feeling of winning the game. I mean, I guess some some people, I actually kind of don't like it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I actually I, don't I throw enjoy some shade at the Nalu. zero every once in a while. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not my favorite. Um, I think they are, and, and I don't mean that in kind of a like, I don't know. Sometimes people are like, "Oh, shouldn't shouldn't play Jolnar, shouldn't play Sar because they're just too good yeah, or whatever." Yeah. Nalu, I like. There is a real challenge to it. Right. It's just like I kind of like my challenge more towards the late game yeah. than I like it in the early game. Right. And, and with Nalu, it really is about getting through that early and mid game. Yeah. And then yeah, then it's just kind of like, all right, here we go, and we're out, <laughs> and we're out. Well, I want to thank our uh, partners, our Space Kitties and our Weird Bears. I want to thank our Weird Bears, Farganus, Brian, Billy, T.G. Welch, and Philroy. And I want to thank our Space Kitties, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphony Requiem, Julian, Rwise, Hippie Peace Turtles, Gaskio, Strict Nine, Dark Jutsu, More Tension, Bot Bot, and Visper. Everybody, thanks for being a part of the team and helping make this yeah. show as uh, good as we hope you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about let's talk polling. Um, so, Hunter Donaldson fan club poll uh, is on the second round. There are two choices. Uh, I play Twilight Imperium to twelve points, and then I play Twilight Imperium to no uh, with no support for the throne. Now, someone <laughs> proposed Brian and somebody else. Sorry, I don't remember the other person. Um, proposed that I just play with Josh. both of these rules. Josh did. Josh, thank you. Um, that I use both these rules instead of just one. And that's fine. That's a great idea. Um, so what I did was uh, technically they were almost tied, both both choices. 
Um, and so I use my vice presidential powers to create a tie, which is, <laughs> I didn't tell you guys I could do that. I can break ties and also create them. And the way I'm interpreting the tie, if it holds, now we're recording this on a Saturday. So there's a couple days left for someone to vote. And if they vote, either way, I'm gonna respect their wish and go with just that. But if the tie holds, I'm just gonna play both rules, okay? <laughs> 12 points with so no it's a fun little game. <laughs> yeah, 12 point, no support for the throne. Sounds kind of weird. Sounds like it'll take too long, yeah. but we'll see. And 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 you guys threw it out there, so whatever. Um, the Galactic Council episode, um, this is we're in the past and the future is not predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, the Right now the race is really tight. We think what's going to happen is your two choices are going to be rules, quiz, extravaganza, and Twilight Imperium lore. That might not be right. Yeah. But I guarantee you there's a new poll out with two choices, and and you pick them, and that's that's how it works, you know? That's just how uh, it works. Uh, yeah. What's coming up on the schedule for this week, Twitch and YouTube-wise? Yeah, so um, I actually have to fix the Twitch schedule right now because I actually forgot about something that I just announced. Um, so Thursday, <laughs> I'm going to be playing uh, Root. Uh, I'm going to do a double feature. So this is uh, Thursday the 18th. Uh, I'm going to play two Root games, one at noon and one at 5 p.m., uh, all times Pacific. Uh, and then on Friday the 19th, um, I'm going to have a Read It and, ep- read it and Weep um, lightning round is what we're calling it. That starts at 4 p.m. Uh, lightning round, instead of instead of playing XCOM, I've been, I've been doing a Let's Play of XCOM for a couple weeks, but we kind of wanted a break from it. Uh, so I just have a bunch of weird indie games I got from this bundle uh, off itch.io. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to kind of load them up and we're just going to play through them real fast. So I'm just going to play a bunch of weird games. And if you guys want to watch that with me and my, uh, read it and weep co-hosts, uh, you can totally check that out. Um, and then later that night, basically I'm doing double duty, um, around 6 PM, I'll be doing the Hunter Donaldson fan club, uh, TI game. So whatever that will be, we'll be playing it. Um, whether it's 12 point, no support for the throne or both. Yeah. Um, that will be that night. And then I'm going to get really weird over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to do a Saturday night uh, special late feature. Um, this will, I don't know when I'll even get to play this. I have something I have to do during the day and it's kind of nebulous. It will end at some point. And then uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to get Last of Us Part 2 and play through that. Um, I just want to warn you guys, I've heard that it's a really dark game and kind of gruesome. I played the the original Last of Us and really liked it. Um, it is getting weird press, like polarizing. So I might like not like this game. Uh, but I kind of just feel like doing the normal Twitch thing and playing like a hot new title. Yeah. So I'm going to do that Saturday night and then Sunday because it's Father's Day. I'm not going to bother trying to get a TI game together. However, I am going to play more Last of Us <laughs> on Sunday. So if you want to watch me play Last of Us this weekend, you are in luck. Yeah. Uh, and then the YouTube, uh, you're playing. You, you haven't played it yet, but you're playing a game where you're probably playing as Nalu to kind of go along I'm with shooting this guide? To, I'm either going to play Nalu or L1 right. since we don't have... It, it'll be one of those two is yeah. what I'm gunning for. Um, but I, I don't want to... I get guilty sometimes always being able to tell people like what faction I get to play. Right, me too. Um, and also XCOM Episode 4 will be out. Also, Book Club, 
is going right now. Everybody's talking about Dune in the chat. Uh, I'm reading Dune. Yeah. Uh, I'm only like a chapter or two in. Yeah, there's lots of questions uh, about the formality of this. I feel like, Hunter, you could clear the air on like how official this book club is. Uh, is Not very. <laughs> yeah. It's not very official. It's just kind of just something fun. I wanted to do extra, but I'm probably going to have, I mean, I'm probably going to read the book uh, a lot of it this week. I bet, yeah, I'll be done with it in like two and a half yeah. weeks-ish. Right. Um, what we're doing I is haven't, just I, post. I had in, some stuff going on and wasn't able to uh, hit it as hard as I wanted sure. to the first week that I announced it. Um, but now I'm ready to just chew this book up yeah. and, and spit it what, out. What, what I would so. say, too, is just if you're wanting to follow along with it, like talk about how far in you are and then use the spoiler tag. Like say, like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm 100 pages in and this is what I want to talk about. And then spoil, spoiler chat it. And then anybody who wants to can can dive in that way. And that, that way people don't get things spoiled, but everybody can just talk about wherever they're at in the book um it's it's been a lot of i mean a lot of people are starting it right now so everybody's kind of in the same branch but i know everybody's gonna start i mean i read super slow whereas i bet hunter would go way faster than i ever would so just, just i, I read pretty chat. fast but you're you're a real book on tape kind of guy well so that's like, you kind of have a whole different way to consume true it. yeah I, I just do almost the same amount 40 you know an hour and a half a day is is my right. <laughs> my whole thing um so uh if you can uh rate us on uh, apple podcasts or itunes or really wherever you listen to podcasts uh to help improve our visibility and help people learn more about Twilight what, seriously wherever you know yeah, what i mean wherever, like man. a public restroom if you, you know, find us right if you can find us on google maps which i dare you i dare you (laughs) (laughs) rate us on google maps why not uh you can find us on twitter at space cats pod on facebook space cats peace turtles and find the link in the podcast description for a link to our discord so you can join in be a part of the book club be a part of all the different patreon benefits and just be a part of ongoing twilight imperium and very very increasingly root conversations the root channel is off the chain recently i'm really happy that we've been getting more root episodes and root centric people uh getting into the show very very excited to see that happening yes 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 now um now what now what Hmm? now is when we have to also record next week's episode like right now we have to start it like immediately so what's the like kind of snappy finish um just uh anyways we have more work to do have to go now um see you in what for us will be five minutes (laughs) and what for you will be an entire week prepare for time travel the centrifuge is loaded and activate anyways we will see you in a minute yep Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>